Marshal. Yeah, they definitely the U.S. Marshal definitely rammed that vehicle with yeah. all the front end damage on those trucks. Looks like three or four of uh, the trucks. Why? Why don't we have sound? Is what I'm. That's that's concerning. Oh, I heard that easel drop. Well, good morning. We'll start. It's low. This conference quickly here. Before can everybody hear introduce this? What has happened over the last? I can barely hear hours, it. I like to introduce. I can hear it. Good, Ron. Been involved in this since yesterday, and that's uh, Gabe Guerrero. He's the Great Lakes Task Force Deputy Commander. And I'm going to mute your mic. So I'm going to I'm going to bail out. I'm going to bail out. Plan. Okay. Thank Steve you, Ed. Lockyer, Thank you. Our coroner, Chief Billy Bolin, Assistant Chief Phil Smith. Let me know in the chat if the sound ISP, is good. Justin Bean, who's part of our task force. As everybody knows, we're here today because we were seeking out this particular fugitive from Alabama who had been in on a capital murder offense and had been in Evansville for approximately one week. We were fortunate to have cooperation from law enforcement from Alabama, Mississippi, our U.S. Marshal Task Force, which is uh, comprised of members of the Sheriff's Office, the Indiana State Police, and the Evansville Police Department, and the U.S. Marshal Service. Uh, because of all the resources, we, we received a lot of tips. Uh, we got some good surveillance videos that showed a pickup truck that had been left at a car wash, and then a subsequent vehicle that they took and escaped in from the car wash, which was a Cadillac. We recently found out that they'd been staying at a hotel uh, down the road here. It used to be a Motel 6, and now I think it's changed names. And they had a 14-day stay there. We were fortunate that during our investigation yesterday, an Evansville police officer who was just doing his good diligence of patrolling and being smart noticed the vehicle in the parking lot of the hotel and notified us immediately. So the task force members got together. They drove down there, set up surveillance on the hotel. Soon thereafter, the two suspects exited the hotel and fled out of the hotel parking lot northbound on U.S. Highway 41, turned in at an industry known as Anchor here in Evansville. They went through the parking lot, went through a grass field. The members of the U.S. Task Force basically rammed the vehicle and pushed it into a ditch. And we later found out, had they not done that, the fugitive was going to engage in a shootout with law enforcement. So by our quick thinking, our actions, sometimes people may call that unnecessary action, but that action may have saved many of my deputies and fellow law enforcement officers' lives. And that's why I represent the Sheriff's Office. I want to bring my people home. And I don't care about the fugitives' lives if it protects my people's lives. And Bingo. here, I commend them for a job well done. They knew they were going up against a dangerous felon, a murderer. And we have photos of the weapons that were located in the vehicle. There were at least four handguns, semi-automatics, nine millimeters. And this is known as an AR-15, which shoots a .223 caliber round. So any one of these weapons could have been used to ambush 
our officers while they were attempting to capture a murder suspect. So I commend them for the quick and aggressive action. It probably wow. saved a lot of chaos by doing quick action there. Once the vehicle crashed, the female suspect shot herself. The male suspect gave up when we approached the vehicle. They were both taken out of the vehicle. Uh, Life-saving measures was attempted on the female, but she suffered a grave injury and subsequently died at the hospital last night. Uh, we interviewed the suspect for quite some time. I don't want to get into all the details of that because some of that may be used against him, but we have him presently in our Vanderbilt County Jail. He signed a waiver of extradition to go back to Alabama. I've notified the sheriff there, and they are going to make arrangements to pick the suspect up and return him to the state of Alabama. Due to safety and security measures, we won't be divulging that to you. I told it you. It won't be a public spectacle. When he leaves, they'll go out a, a hidden exit, and, and it won't be for public display. So we won't divulge the date and time when the Alabama authorities take the prisoner back to Alabama. Rightfully so. Once again, I can't shout out enough praise to all the law enforcement here in our community for the hard work that they do. Uh, the task force, I was asked by a member of the media this morning if this was like an odd occurrence. And it's certainly not an odd occurrence. We arrest dangerous felon subjects every single week. We've been involved in multiple shootings in this community. We shot people we've been shot at. So this is law enforcement. This is today's law enforcement. It's very dangerous occupation. So I hope the public realizes what we do ass. is dangerous. And we have to take action to protect ourselves. So each and every one of these fine men and women go home to their family and their loved ones. And we don't let the criminal win the war. So I, I appreciate you being here. That pretty well wraps up what I have to say. We have multiple members here. If anybody wants to add to what I said, you're welcome to do that. Or if anybody has questions they want to ask off this, go ahead. Yes, sir. I have two questions, sir. First of all, we know that Dwight had $90,000 in cash with her. Have you located that money? Yeah, we got a photo. Here's, they had about $29,000 left over. Here's a picture of the money that was left in the vehicle. That, that we counted last night after we inventoried the vehicle. And so my had, second question, sir, James, the owner of, or the manager of the car wash who first called police about the truck, will he be receiving the $25,000 reward? No, I don't know anything about the reward, buddy. Is personally. there anyone here who could address that? I mean, it seems like he sort of solved it. Yeah, and I would, but that would be something that we'll deal with. Right now, that's not on our radio. Good job, Brian. Good job. What's that? How did they get the F-150 and the Cadillac? They purchased the F-150 and uh, drove it here. And where they got the Cadillac, I'm not sure at this moment. Sure. Do you have any idea what they were doing here for? Well, I think he said that he was just trying to find a place to hide out and lay low. And they thought, you know, they'd driven long enough that they wanted to stop for a while, get their bearings straight, and then figure out their next Place to travel. Do you get any indication that they were visiting anyone potentially at this? No, or we don't believe they have any relatives, friends, or acquaintances in Evansville, Banbury County. Is there any dash or body camera video yesterday? There may be some uh, dash or, or 
body cam video. We, we haven't got that far yet for examining and releasing that. And there may be, but, but like I said, that that's a lot further into our investigation. Sheriff, you can speak to James Stinson, Paul, apparently on Tuesday, to report not only that truck, but also that he'd seen images of Casey White, tattoos on his arm. He was told, there's nothing we can do right now. It's not reported as a stolen vehicle. Those are his words. Why did it take so long to get a response? Okay, well, I'll let the police chief answer that. So I'll back up just a little bit on May 2nd. We had an officer on the evening of May 2nd uh, proactively driving through lots, and he was running plates just to see if they were stolen. He actually was the first one to run this plate on the evening of May 2nd, and it didn't come back stolen, didn't return anything. On May 4th, we got the call to the car wash, and the first officer went out, and the caller was not on scene when the officer was there. We do have body camera footage of the officer running the plate, uh, looking in the car. He ran the VIN number, and... Then he left because it was an abandoned vehicle that we can't toll that. It would have to be uh, 48 hours at the owner's request of a place before we can tow it off private property. But the owner of a residence can choose to have it towed on their own. Uh, he called back a couple hours later and uh, had not seen the officer on scene. So we sent another officer back out, met with him. The second officer that went out also ran the info and explained the process to him that we would have to wait 48 hours before we could tow it. But if he wanted to tow it on his own, he could. And that's when they towed the vehicle was on May 4th after that second run. Um, from everything we've we've seen, there was no mention that this was connected to Alabama. Uh, on the 911 Gives Hope, or 911, I'm sorry, 911 audio, there was no mention that it was connected to Alabama. So at that point last week, there was no tie at all to this being involved with anything out of state. There was no mention to it being connected with them. So it was just an abandoned vehicle for us at that point. Did Casey White why he stopped at the car wash? That, no, th th there's no reason. He just happened to pull in there. I think he's going to try to ditch the vehicle there. Can you clarify the 14-day stay? They were only gone for about 11 days. You said a 14 that He had paid for 14 days stay at the hotel. What's that? Yes. Yes. Say that again. No. No. They said they were just uh, trying to contemplate where they could go and kind of be discreetly away from the public eye. Uh, wigs. They had multiple wigs. To that point, uh, just like yesterday, there's hundreds of tips that come in. Someone claims they've seen the suspects, but we've had people claim they saw them in Richmond, Indiana, and we just go through every single tip. But from my standpoint, we've got the case solved. We've got a person deceased, and we have another person in custody headed back to Alabama. That's my concern. They were not married. They shared the same last name. And our preliminary investigation, we don't believe he shot her. But once the coroner examines the, the body through pathology, he
he can make a determination of that. Jared, how do you know that he was aiming his wife to have some sort of violent confrontation with police? Obviously, you showed that arsenal of weapons yeah. inside the car. Can you express in your interviews with Casey any desire to do that? Yes. He said that he was probably going to have a shootout uh, in, in, at the stake of both of them losing their lives. Jared, did they have a plan? Were they trying to get somewhere? Obviously, he wanted to escape. Their plan was pretty faulty. Their criminals, their plan was faulty, and it failed. Thank God. Bingo. Well, no. And once again, what was going through her mind, I have no idea. And that that's under our investigation. We're not going to divulge that right now. No. Right. No, he was not forcing her. It was a mutual relationship. Well, uh, we'll let the coroner talk about that after the pathology takes after that. Well, we think that the the autopsy be conducted this afternoon, and they'll, they'll put a report out when they're ready. No, we saw the uh, Cadillac in surveillance video uh, at the time they ditched the pickup truck and then they left in the Cadillac. We're not going to charge him here. He has much more serious charges in Alabama and we want to get him down there and let them take care of that. We haven't found any drugs of any significance. Brian asked what I was said. What's that? I asked if there was any drugs found. And then he should, he should follow up and see if it, say if well, any, it's, did uh, any officer see her shoot herself. Thought. It's kind of shocking that somebody any, would do that. But like, uh, remember, they're human beings, that they have their own minds. And for whatever reason, that they've developed some type of relationship. And, and so it, it's startling that, you know, they're humans make mistakes. Sarah, how many law enforcement do uh, maybe three at most. Did they get their guns. Small price to pay to yeah, stop the murder. Uh, just one had a, uh, a, a slight head injury from banging his head inside the vehicle, but he's okay now. What's that? Well, I, I have no idea if we could have had one from our agency. They could have stolen some. They could have bought some. And that's where we're going to piece all together. If you want to look, here's the. Here we go. his plan to try to wow. have a shootout with law enforcement. And he even made that statement. Like, oh shit, I didn't see that ditch. Mm -hmm. So all four of those trucks hit them. He said three total. He said three were injured, uh, damaged. Right. Well, yeah, remember, in law enforcement, you can be a town like in Posey County, where a deputy was shot in the head. You can be in New York City. You can be in Evansville, Indiana. Crime is everywhere. Uh, we say Unexpected it all the time. crime, violent crime is everywhere. 
So we never go to work thinking we're not going to encounter an unusual or serious situation. I said our task force members routinely go out and arrest violent felons. Crime knows knows no boundaries. And they get attacked. They get resisted. We get involved in pursuits. We're in a very dangerous occupation. And Evansville, Indiana is a fairly large community. I think people forget that. We're 180,000 people, and we're a hub of a very large demographic area. So we serve a population base of over 350,000 people. And it's conducive for criminal activity. And we have to prepare for that every single day. Do you know anything about the provenance of any of those weapons? Is it possible that any of them were part of her <laughs> service as a correction officer? It could be, but right now uh, we will continue our investigation. But that's the least of my worries at this time. But we will try to find an origin for each and every one of these weapons. He, he asked if those guns came from the jail. You know, from her official capacity. Yeah, but I'm not going to get into the interview with the detectives. Thank you, Dr. Red. Well, she supposedly maybe sold a home before she left town and got a large sum of money from that. Was it what? Uh, I, I think she may have had a little bit of communication with our dispatch, possibly. I wasn't aware of it 100%, but I think she may have been talking to uh, our dispatch. Sir, today, uh, police ordered uh, issue taser there in that photo. That's from her duty belt. This is her duty belt she wore as a confinement officer, correction officer in her home state of Alabama. Taser. She just took that with her when she left. And were those in the hotel room or the car? In the car. In the car. They were in the vehicle. All of that in the vehicle. Wow. Well, it's just it was a long, drawn-out process, like the police chief said. It's just bits and pieces of information kept coming in and tying things together, and it wasn't until over the weekend where it looked like more of a possibility that they had been here for sure. And once again, after six days, it was just hard to believe they were here. I wouldn't think somebody on the run would stay in a community like Evans for six days. But we brought the resources in and continued our investigation based on the information we had. No, he's just in a holding area. Now, they were at the hotel for quite a long time. Is there any indication at all that maybe the court or someone who worked there? Well, I mean, we don't have any reason to believe that right now. But once again, we're less than 24 hours in this investigation. We have a lot more of the puzzle to fit together. So, just yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. A very short window of time. He had a couple bumps and bruises from the crash. I haven't seen the video, but Casey White was at the scene. So he said there was video on Facebook of him actually getting placed under arrest. Possibly, yeah. I think it was almost instantaneously. Kachara, I agree.
before our deputies and task force members got to the vehicle she shot. Yeah, I got it written down here. So. Uh, Motel 41. Yes, by less than a mile south of here. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not sorry. I apologize. To the, to the left. I'm sorry. She had bought that vehicle. Yes. I, I don't know where she bought it in the state of Tennessee. I'm not sure. But did, did she die? Did she purchase it ahead of the escape? Like <clears> the <throat> no, I think after. That's probably accurate. Am That's I okay the booking that? photo. That's the booking photo. I showed that before we started. And I know you've asked a lot of questions. And as the sheriff, I think they're good media related questions, but we're trying to take dangerous people off the street. And so a lot of the where they bought the car and where they did this and that is a minor concern versus us getting them off the street and making our community safe. Now, Agreed. this investigation will go on <clears throat> maybe for weeks, and we will uncover things in the future that we don't have at this time. Uh, but like you say, we're, we're less than 24 hours from the time that we were involved in pursuit and a serious crash and somebody losing their life. Several. Uh, we have the United States Marshal, the Indiana State Police, the Evansville Police Department, the Vandiver County Sheriff's Office, many members of law enforcement from Alabama, Mississippi, some members of the FBI, and, and probably agencies in between. So there's plenty of agencies involved. Sheriff, does someone in law enforcement or any of the people involved in your mind, what about Yeah, I, I'm not understanding your question. As someone involved in law enforcement, Vicki uh, White has a 17-year law career yeah. as a correction officer. Presumably, that had something to do with why it took so long, over a week, 11 days, for this to come to an end. I'm asking, with her expertise, that contributed and how? No, uh, that has absolutely no merit to what went on. Zero. We'll have photos available for media later. Yes. I'm surprised the marshals are not talking. Anybody else need comment? Anybody have anything you want to say? Or do you have any questions of the other law enforcement leaders there? Huh? U.S. Marshal said no. To, to, no. Not to see the vehicle in person, no.
What's that? I'm surprised they didn't say anything. Yeah, he nodded his head and said, no, I that's him straight behind him. If, if we, yeah. we can maybe release that. That's not a big deal. It's a wig, a standard wig. I'm shocked. This? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. You guys want to take those over there? Those are pictures of the money. Did, it, did I hear that correct? They spent 60 grand? I think there were yes. multiple wigs, maybe reddish and blonde. Yeah, you wouldn't look good in it. Oh. <laughs> Red and blonde wigs. Why would you buy a blonde wig? Well, we thank you. If everybody needs any other questions from anybody, everybody will be mingling around for a while. And once again, keep in mind, less than 24 hours, there's a lot of questions that won't be answered until we have a much deeper investigation, get all of our notes and material together. And we also have privileged information that we can't share. Thank you very much. Thank you, I thought we would have got more there. I'm just going to listen. All right, I'm going to go to Brian Enton, see what he's got coverage-wise. Ed, I mean, surprising that we didn't uh, we didn't get more from them. Um, I, I was hoping that the U.S. Marshals would speak about a little bit about their investigation and what role they played in actually apprehending him. And were they on to the state of Indiana or was the car wash guy what was the end all, uh, you know, here in this investigation, right? Yeah. 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 It really just so, surprising. So out of the $90,000 she withdrew, she spent six, they spent 60 grand and most of that were the three vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those were not, it was the pickup truck that we saw at the car wash was a nice vehicle. Uh, the first one was a piece of crap. Um, you know, in the Cadillac, I couldn't really tell what condition it was in because it was obliterated, you know, uh, with the, I want to just see if, if, uh, Ed is he, he, I'm glad I didn't show his press conference because he streamed it on Twitter and it was all pixelated. So I'm glad that we didn't select that, but he asked some good questions. Nobody asked them if there was drugs recovered inside the vehicle. Uh, I know that's insignificant, um, but, you know, we got that they were, they were in a motel. For, he paid for 14 days. Uh, so he paid 14 days. They stayed 12, Motel 41. They confirmed that she shot herself uh, pending autopsy. And, Ed, you and I were going to get into that. Uh, could you just tell some of the people, because it, that is one sticking point that I got a lot of messages overnight. Can you just tell the audience here how they will determine that she shot herself? I know this is right up your alley. Okay, so depending on the, you know, what what's her strong hand? What hand was she holding the gun? Is she right-handed? Is she left-handed? Okay, does that correlate to the entrance wound? Okay, so if if she's left-handed, uh, I believe she's right-handed. But if she's right-handed, um, then typically a right-handed person would grab the gun and. And then if she shot herself in the temple, we don't know where in the head she shot herself. But normally it would be the right side of the face or if she stuck the gun uh, in her mouth. We, d we don't know any of those details, but it was in the head. So let's say right temple. Now, depending on the distance the barrel was away from the skin, there, there could be forensic evidence called stippling, uh, which is burnt and unburnt gunpowder that exit the barrel uh, with the soot and then uh, embeds itself um, in the uh, skin. Uh, and creates what we call tattooing. Um, now, if that gun is contact to the to the skull, what ends, typically what ends up happening 
is that um, when the gases come out of the barrel of, of the firearm, it, many of the gases get trapped between the skin and the skull, and the gases will then blow backwards and create a star-type entrance wound in the skin. Okay, there will be soot and, and burning on the bone and going through uh, the path of the bullet. Um, also, what occurs is what we call um, back spatter from blood. Okay, and if um, the the gun was um, a distance, uh, not in contact, but a short, dis small distance away from the skull at the time it was fired, then blood will blow backwards towards the gun, even get sucked down the barrel of the gun, and on the sides of the gun, the trigger hand uh, can sometimes receive blood. And so now, since if he's the passenger, um, you know he could he could uh, also shoot her in the right side of the head as well. But um, if he was in possession of that firearm, uh, but given the 911 tapes, um, I don't know. I find that un kind of unlikely. She said she had her finger on the trigger. Um, and I'm wondering if any of the responding law enforcement on the scene, once uh, the car was on its side, did they have a view? I don't, I would think nobody got anywhere close to it because they're dangerous, they're armed, they knew that they had some firepower there. For safety reasons, no officer is going to go up and say, oh, let me let me get a bird's eye view of what she's doing. So I'm thinking, you know, time plus distance equals safety here, right? So yeah, I don't think it's in shielding. Yeah, I don't think anybody witnessed her with one of these handguns. And it looks like there's one, two, three, four. Four handguns, yeah, one, one AR. Yeah. And it looks like, where's the shotgun? Didn't she have a shotgun? Yeah, I don't see the shotgun. Um, this is what was just taken out of the car. And there's the plate number. Looks like the bottom one is definitely a Glock. This looks like a Taurus. Uh, but I'm not sure about the other makes. But this is definitely... Uh, I'm not sure if this was what you saw the officer taken out. Because his it might have been his heavy arm. You know, his heavy, his heavy weapons. Put, remember last night you said, what's that? Putting in, He was putting one in the truck. Um, but right, he was putting one in the truck. It could have been the officer's own uh, yeah. issue. Her, taser, her taser is still on her gun belt. Um, this looks her like an off Can you scroll down on that picture? Let's see where the holster is. And, okay, so holster right side. Okay, yeah. so right, right-handed. So, yeah, that's confirmed mm -hmm. right there, right-handed. She's mm -hmm. even got her belt. The belt keeper is still on it up here at the top. Yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. So she's right-handed. Um, so that the autopsy will show, you know, um, gun up to the right head. We don't know if she put it in her mouth. We, you know, nobody knows. But uh, the forensics will tell. And and the, um, the when the autopsy is complete, they're supposed to start it today at five p.m. Um, I'll ask. I'll I'll reach out and ask Barbara Butcher about the uh, coroner's office there. And what you know, what kind of capacity they have? I think it'll be, I think it'll be quick. You know, we'll get we'll the get officers on scene should have heard the number of shots that were fired. Okay. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, I know there was initial reports that he had sustained a graze wound, um, but then I yeah. didn't hear it in the press conference. Correct. About yeah. About the graze wound again to him. Um, now, if she, if he's sitting in the right seat and. Um, now, if I remember correctly, uh, the vehicle, the way it was flipped, can you go back to a photo of the, of the trucks in the vehicle? So that's absolutely. Hold on a second.
um, the trucks in the vehicle. I don't think he yeah, had that on. The trucks that, you know, at the scene in the vehicle. Why am I not seeing that now? on the passenger side so her, she's the driver's side so that would be up yeah uh so she would be if the seatbelt is on she would be leaning to the passenger side yeah. you know and if the and the and the position that when the shots were fired if that bullet exited her head there's also what we call you know forward spatter from the bullet and based upon the position of the forward spatter and any other ballistic damage, because if that bullet exited, it's going, blood is going to follow it. And we can kind of pinpoint in the vehicle in three dimensions where her head was at the time that bullet exited her head. So they they, there will be uh, no, uh, when they're done with this, there will be no doubt of, you know, because people are already talking and saying that uh, Casey White shot her how do we know that he didn't shoot her but once this all of the you know medical and the science is done on it as you spoke here just now uh it'll be clear and mm -hmm. concise there'll there'll be no um th there'll be nowhere for this to go um thank you paul k for the five dollars according to some reports of the 90 grand she received she she paid 75 of the mortgage and had good savings so yeah um we don't know what she owed on that home so out of that 95, what did she really come out with? That's a, that's a good thing right there. That's a, actually a good message. So thank you, Paul K., for that. You know, most people don't own their homes straight out, you know. So she could have had some leftover mortgage. We were forgetting about that. So maybe she didn't mm -hmm. come out with 90K. and Maybe she only had 45000 on her. Uh, but they're saying that they spent 29000 in that short period of time. But Ed, you gave some great information in regards to, you know, what they could do forensically and figure out things. And I think that's a great help for people that are listening here. You know, you're going to hear a lot of people that are going to give you their thoughts and feelings. But this is coming from someone who worked in the medical examiner's office. Ed has lots of experience in this, guys. So this is valuable information and it's good information because it won't have you going down these rabbit holes. You won't get sucked down into those conspiracy theories because this is a science and as you just heard ed say they will be able to figure it out based on the evidence based on what is uh what how do you usually say it post-mortem right post-mortem examination yeah yeah so and they'll get a trajectory they'll get a trajectory through the skull uh of a bullet entrance and bullet exit and um again uh it should be all line up with the blood stain patterns that are in there um, from the uh, forward blood spatter, the, the back back spatter, and all of that uh, should should fix her position in the vehicle at the time the shot yeah. was uh, taken. And, it, it, and also on her hand, 
like I said, if she's pulling the trigger, depending on how the clo how close in proximity the muzzle of the barrel is to the skull, if that back spatter comes back, more often than not, um, blood goes on to the fingers uh, right. of the shooter um, uh, through the trigger guard and so forth. Um, and you might see that if that's there, then it's it's a key indication she pulled the trigger. Also, gunshot residue. Um, gunshot residue may be on her hand uh, if her hand was not manipulated in such a way to transfer it there um, from somebody else. Um, Fibrofusi, thank you for the super chat. She says, my guess is she had a gun and was trying to take them both out on purpose. Much love to you both. Thank you, Fibrofusi. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but so the way that car was on the side, the driver, she's driving. We know for a fact that, uh, that Vicki White was driving. Casey White's in the passenger seat. He's probably crammed and stuck because of the law of averages, right? The car's on its side. So, so she's gravity, up, yeah. He's down there yeah. in, the, in the gully. So if she, if she even blo you know, does it this way or whatever, they're, they're got it. They had to have been right on top of each other, pretty much pancaked. So well, if, if, she, if they're wearing seatbelts, if she's wearing seatbelts, she's stuck in her seat and she's leaning. Her center of gravity is the waist. So she's leaning towards the passenger side of the car. So her, right. her head is going to be uh, downward. Uh, her, whole, her whole upper body is going to be downward. OK, um, so, yeah. you know, I mean, again, we got to see where the entrance is and where the exit is uh, on, on this, the ballistic damage to the skull. So right. if she was righty, she's her her hands up against his. Maybe she had the gun out already as she was driving. Maybe she had it in her lap. Or I wouldn't doubt tuck, that. I wouldn't doubt that. You know, tuck like how we used to drive in East New York. I'd go into work in, in, in the 75 in Brownsville. I used to keep it yeah. off out of my holster, uh, tucked underneath my my um, underneath my leg. So they might have had she might have had it out and just pulled it, uh, pulled it out and mm -hmm. then just said, you know what, F it. You know, I'm I'm not going to jail, uh, and just and just did yeah. it. But it was just surprising for me that they said last night that he had fragment or a graze wound. That that was the words. Graze wound. The, the, yeah. the word that the pol the police chief used last night. Yeah, and th now, that might be a now, misdiagnosis. Right, right. You know, it might have just been. Uh, he might have just hit his head against the side of the glass and. He was bleeding, and they might have thought that he, he got shot. Olivia yeah, Barry, thank with you. With all the glass that's flying around. Yeah. Thank you for the super chat. What did they spend 60 grand on? Uh, we know of three vehicles as of now, three vehicles, and a 14-night 14 14 honeymoon stay at Motel 41. Uh, and then and then whatever else they bought along the way. Who knows? Uh, methamphetamines. Hey. Uh, yes. Ron, I'm going to bail. Okay, Ed, thank you for your insight, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. There goes Ed Wallace, everybody. All right, so um, that's that's what we have uh, going on here, folks. Uh, this is the vehicle on the side. She was a confirmed the driver. We heard them confirm. Uh, let me just go over some of my notes that I have from the press conference. U.S. Marshals, uh, uh, they rammed the vehicle into the ravine. It looked like there was two or three vehicles uh, Casey White was going to get into a shootout if he wasn't apprehended. He stated this to them. He paid. They said he paid for 14 days. They didn't say she paid. They said he paid for 14 days stay at the Motel 41. They had four handguns, an AR-15, and it's confirmed that she shot herself uh, by police at this time. Just to wrap, uh, 
they interviewed him for hours. He was cooperative, which is surprising. Maybe he's trying to get something. The Vandenberg County Jail is where he is. He signed his waiver of extradition. I said last night that he was going to sign. He signed the waiver of extradition. Uh, Sheriff thanked the public. Uh, they spent twenty uh, $29,000 uh, or had $29,000 left over. Uh, the car was not reported stolen May 3rd or May 4th when the body cam footage, which we'll, we'll eventually see that body cam footage, tips came in and surveillance videos from the car wash. We got to thank James, who is the hero of the day. He said, if you see something, say something. Um, Motel 6 was the original, original name. Evansville police officers noticed yesterday the car matching the description of the Cadillac from the information they received from the car wash. Uh, and when they saw that vehicle, he radioed it in, and that's what got the ball rolling, ladies and gentlemen. So kudos to a police officer, but James is the is the hero here. And I say that hands down, wholeheartedly, 100%, no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. The reason that the sheriff in Indiana said we don't know about the um, – about the reward money is because he's not in charge of the reward money. That reward money was, if you remember, the Fort, uh, the Lord, I was going to say Fort Lauderdale, the Lauderdale County District Attorney made a press conference and they upgraded the reward money to remember 15000 for Casey White and 10000 for Vicki White. He, who here in the chat remembers that district attorney saying that they upped the award uh, money, the award money? That award money is going to be dealt out by them. So, um, again, I want to show the hero of the day. This is the guy. This is James and uh, Brian Enton. So there he is, and he showed Brian some video footage. I'm going to go to the next image. He showed Brian the image. This, these are the images that he shared with the U.S. Marshals. So that's the truck. Yeah. That's at the car wash. Yeah, it's sticking out today. That's what Last Tuesday. I always come over and want to... Can you play again. it with him walking out again? Yeah. I'm not sure. This guy's there the hero. There he is, right there. He's standing in between the doors. He, he's fooling with the gun right there. I think he's taking a leak at first when I've seen it. But he, I see him sticking in his waistband. He's putting a gun in his waistband. He looks, he's looking around suspicious. Yeah. Don't you think that's suspicious? That guy was armed and dangerous, man. When he walks this way, is when I've seen that tattoo on his arm. Let I'm me know in the chat people. by a show of hands who feels he solved this case. And he's only got tattoos on one arm. Let me know by putting a one in the chat if you feel James solved this case. Put a two in the chat if you think he worked hand-in-hand -hand with law enforcement. I put a one in the chat all day, every day. If it wasn't for this guy noticing this and making the notification, this, this thing, they could have been... They could have been gone. Yeah. And thank you to Brian Enton for this information. So what do you think he's doing there? Still messing with the gun? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the picture we saw. The picture we saw of him in that pink top. He's looking around, very suspicious looking.
and then we're going to see him come to the back of the truck, and that's the picture that we saw. Look at his arm right there. That's yeah, it looks like he's got a gun right on his right, on actually on his left side. Hold on, let me go back to that. Let's go back to this. Uh, yeah, he's got it on both sides. You, you can see he's got two guns on him. One on the left and one on the right. That's what took so long. So if you look here and here, and he is, see how he's keeping his arm straight down? He might have a long, he might have that AR-15 tucked in his side. That could fit. It'll, the, the, the butt of it could go up here and the barrel could be right down here. You see how when people favor their sides and are holding their hand tight to their body, that's a sign that someone's carrying a weapon. Yeah, he's holding it right there with his right hand, with the tattoo hand. That's classic. I've seen that many times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. I want to look at this again because I want to see this. Oh, yeah. He's holding it with his right hand. And it looks like he's holding his left side, too. Yeah, he's strapped there. If somebody was to stop him, the police officers to stop him right there, that would be... A, oh, my God. So this could have really ended bad, folks. This could have ended really bad, and I'm thankful that it didn't. Yeah. So he was definitely he was definitely holding. He was definitely packing uh, both sides. And I've seen this many times. Let's see. We'll, we'll, I'll give you a look one more time at this full screen. keeping that right hand tight to his leg so it doesn't fall down. It's probably just shoved in there. And that's what took him so long here, adjusting things back here. You see him going in and out of the car, and he's strapping up. See how he looked around? Look at his arm right there. That's when I knew it was him. See that tattoo at nine on that one arm? Now you can see him in the tailgate. Yeah. He's gonna walk yeah, he's sitting there in the tailgate. He's just watching out the back. Wow. just dumped the truck and left it there all right guys if you're not yet subscribed to crime time with duty ron and ed wallace please consider hitting the subscribe button hit that notification bell so you'll get all things duty ron 
when I go live or upload another video. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all one word, Duty Ron. And we are now on TikTok. So if you're TikTok savvy, go over to TikTok and search Duty Ron and all of these little small clips from all of the videos that we do are uploaded onto TikTok. So thank you to the replay viewers, the channel members, everyone who has given Super Chats. This is concluding the Casey White News Conference today in Evansville, Indiana. I wanna thank everybody who has positively engaged. And again, the moderators, the replay viewers, the new subscribers, I love and appreciate you guys. If you like all things true crime from a police perspective, please consider hitting that subscribe button and hitting that notification bell. And if you're here now, please give the thumbs up and let's get that algorithm uh, out there. Share the video, like the video, and subscribe. Thank you so much from Crime Time with Duty Ron. May God bless the world. God bless the United States of America. And God bless each and every one of us here in the chat but especially all victims of crime and their family. They need us now more than ever. And let's say thanks to James and the general public who's called in the tips to make Casey White and Vicki White taken into custody without further loss of life. And we say prayers to Vicki White's mom for the loss of her daughter. It's really, really a shame the way this all went down. And I thank each and every one of you. God bless, and I'll see you on the next live. Thank you.
Hi everyone, my name is Ariana Stansberry. I am a Jamaican black female alto saxophonist originally from Jamaica and currently residing in Connecticut, USA. I'm here performing for you today as part of the Berkeley Anywhere concert series. This series features different artists every single Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so be sure to be tuned in for the next episode. The first song you heard me play was Versace on the Floor by Bruno Mars. The second song you'll hear me sing and play is called Because of Who You Are. It is a gospel song originally performed by Vicky Yohi. Enjoy.
Thank you again so much for watching. At this time, I would like to encourage you. conference quickly here before we introduce what has happened over the last 24 hours i'd like to introduce uh, people who've been involved in this since yesterday and that's uh, gabe guerrero he's a great lakes task force deputy commander southern indiana u.s marshal dan mcclan steve lockyer our coroner chief billy bolin assistant chief Phil Smith, and ISP Justin Bean, who's part of our task force. As everybody knows, we're here today because we were seeking out this particular fugitive from Alabama who had been in on a capital murder offense and had been in Evansville for approximately one week. We were fortunate to have cooperation from law enforcement from Alabama, Mississippi, our U.S. Marshal Task Force, which is uh, comprised of members of the Sheriff's Office, the Indiana State Police, and the Evansville Police Department, and the U.S. Marshal Service. Uh, because of all the resources, we, we received a lot of tips. Uh, we got some good surveillance videos that showed a pickup truck that had been left at a car wash, and then a subsequent vehicle that they took and escaped in from the car wash, which was a Cadillac. We recently found out that they'd been staying at a hotel uh, down the road here. It used to be a Motel 6, and now they could change names. And they had a 14-day stay there. We were fortunate that during our investigation yesterday, an Evansville police officer who was just doing his good diligence of patrolling and being smart noticed the vehicle in the parking lot of the hotel and notified us immediately so the task force members got together they drove down there set up surveillance on the hotel soon thereafter the two suspects exited the hotel and fled out of the hotel parking lot northbound on u.s highway 41 turned in at an industry known as Anchor here in Evansville. They went through the parking lot, went through a grass field. The members of the U.S. Task Force basically rammed the vehicle and pushed it into a ditch. And we later found out, had they not done that, the fugitive was going to engage in a shootout with law enforcement. So by our quick thinking our actions sometimes people may call that unnecessary action but that action may have saved many of my deputies and fellow law enforcement officers lives and that's why I represent the sheriff's office I want to bring my people home and I don't care about the fugitives lives if it protects my people's lives and here I commend them for a job well done they knew they were going up against a dangerous felon a murderer and we have photos of the weapons that were located in the vehicle. There were at least four handguns, semi-automatics, nine millimeters, and this is known as AR-15, which shoots a 223 caliber round. So any one of these weapons could have been used to ambush our officers while they were attempting to capture a murder suspect. So I commend them for the quick and aggressive action. It probably saved a lot of chaos 
by doing quick action there. Once the vehicle crashed, the female suspect... Shot herself. The male suspect gave up when we approached the vehicle. They were both taken out of the vehicle. Uh, Life-saving measures was attempted on the female, but she suffered a grave injury and subsequently died at the hospital last night. Uh, we interviewed the suspect for quite some time. I don't want to get into all the details of that because some of that may be used against him, but we have him presently in our Vandiver County Jail. He signed a waiver of extradition to go back to Alabama. I've notified the sheriff there, and they are going to make arrangements to pick the suspect up and return him to the state of Alabama. Due to safety and security measures, we won't be divulging that to you. It won't be a public spectacle. When he leaves, they'll go out a, a hidden exit, and, and it won't be for public display. So we won't divulge a date and time when the Alabama authorities take the prisoner back to Alabama. Once again, I can't shout out enough praise to all the law enforcement here in our community for the hard work that they do. Uh, the task force, I was asked by a member of the media this morning if this was like an odd occurrence. And it's certainly not an odd occurrence. We arrest dangerous felon subjects every single week. We've been involved in multiple shootings in this community. We've shot people. We've been shot at. So this is law enforcement. This is today's law enforcement. It's a very dangerous occupation. So I hope the public realizes what we do is dangerous, and we have to take action to protect ourselves so each and every one of these fine men and women go home to their family and their loved ones, and we don't let the criminal win the war. So I, I appreciate you being here. That pretty well wraps up what I have to say. We have multiple members here. If anybody wants to add to what I said, you're welcome to do that. Or if anybody has questions you want to ask off this, go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, two questions, Sheriff. First of all, we know that Vicki White had $90,000 in cash with her. Have you located that money? Yeah, we got a photo. Here's, they had about $29,000 left over. Here's a picture of the money that was left in the vehicle that, that we counted last night after we inventoried the vehicle. And so my second question, sir, James, the owner of, or the manager of the car wash, first called the police about the truck. Will he be receiving the $25,000 reward? No, I don't know anything about the reward money. Is there anyone here who could address that? Because, I mean, it seems like he sort of solved it. Yeah, and I don't know what, but that would be something that we'll deal with. Uh, right now, that's not on our radar. How did radar. they get the F-150 and the Cadillac? What's that? How did they get the F-150 and the Cadillac? They purchased the F-150 and uh, drove it here. And where they got the Cadillac, I'm not sure at this moment. Do you have any idea what they were doing here for Well, I think he said that he was just trying to find a place to hide out and lay low. And they thought, you know, they'd driven long enough that they wanted to stop for a while get their bearings straight, and then figure out their next place to travel. Do you get any indication that they were visiting anyone potentially at this hotel? No, or we don't believe they have any relatives, friends, or acquaintances in Evansville, Vanver County. Is there any dash or body camera video of the incident? Yes, 
there may be some uh, dash or, or body camera video. We, we haven't got that far yet for examining and releasing that. What about surveillance from the motel? And there may be, but, but like I said, that that's a lot further into our investigation. Sheriff, can you please speak to James Stinson? He called apparently on Tuesday to report not only the truck, but also the seen images of Casey White with tattoos on his arm and was told there's nothing we can do right now. It's not reported as a stolen vehicle. Those were his words. Why did it take so long, Sheriff, for the response? Okay. Well, I'll let the police chief answer that. So I'll back up just a little bit. On May 2nd, we had an officer on the evening of May 2nd uh, proactively driving through lots, and he was running plates just to see if they were stolen. He actually was the first one to run this plate on the evening of May 2nd, and it didn't come back stolen, didn't return anything. On May 4th, we got the call to the car wash, and the first officer went out, and the caller was not on scene when the officer was there. We do have body camera footage of the officer running the plate, uh, looking in the car, he ran the VIN number, and then he left because it was an abandoned vehicle that we can't toll that. It, it would have to be uh, 48 hours at the owner's request of a place before we can tow it off the private property, but the owner of a residence can choose to have it towed on their own. Uh, he called back a couple hours later and uh, had not seen the officer on scene, so we sent another officer back out, met with him. The second officer that went out also ran the info and explained the process to him that we would have to wait 48 hours before we could tow it, but if he wanted to tow it on his own, he could. And that's when they towed the vehicle was on May 4th after that second run. Um, from everything we've, we've seen, there was no mention that this was connected to Alabama. Uh, on the 911 Gives Hope, or 911, I'm sorry, 911 audio, there was no mention that it was connected to Alabama. So at that point last week, there was no tie at all to this being involved with anything out of state. There was no mention to it being connected with them. So it was just an abandoned vehicle for us at that point. Did Casey White why he stopped at the car wash? That, no, th there's no reason. He just happened to pull in there. I think he's going to try to ditch the vehicle there. Can you clarify the 14-day stay? They were only gone for about 11 days, but you said a 14-day stay. He had paid for 14 days stay at the hotel. He paid in advance? What's that? Yes, yes. Say that again? No. No, they said they were just uh, trying to contemplate where they could go and kind of be discreetly away from the public's eye. Do they have any disguises? Do they have any disguises with them? Uh, wigs. They had multiple wigs. Sheriff, presumably he was in this area since the day. We're in this area presumably since May 3rd, almost a week. Uh, what other interactions have you been able to trace? Well, we to that point, uh, just like yesterday, there's hundreds of tips that come in. Someone claims they've seen the suspects, but we've had people claim they saw them in Richmond, Indiana, and we just go through every single tip. But from my standpoint, we've got the case solved. We've got a person deceased, and we have another person in custody headed back to Alabama. That's my concern. They were not married. They shared the same last name. In our preliminary investigation, we don't believe he shot her. 
but once the coroner examines the, the body through pathology, he can make a determination of that. Yes, he said that he was probably going to have a shootout uh, in, in, at the stake of both of them losing their lives. Their plan was pretty faulty. They're criminals. Their plan was faulty, and it failed. Thank God. Well, no, and once again, what was going through her mind, I have no idea. And that, that's under our best case. We're not going to divulge that right now. Sheriff, did he express any remorse for her death? No. And you get the sense they were actually doing this together. He was not forcing her in any way. Right. No, he was not forcing her. It was a mutual relationship. Did Sheriff clarify where she shot herself? Well, we'll let the coroner talk about that after the pathology takes after her. Well, we think that this afternoon. Well, we're going to initiate this afternoon. Yeah. The, the, the autopsy will be conducted this afternoon, and they'll, they'll put a report out when they're ready. Hey, Sheriff, uh, if you don't know how they got the Cadillac, how did you guys know what they were looking for a Cadillac? No, we saw the uh, Cadillac in surveillance video uh, at the time they ditched the pickup truck, and then they left in the Cadillac. Is he cooperating with you? We're not going to charge him here. He has much more serious charges in Alabama, and we want to get him down there and let them take care of that. Were any drugs found here? We haven't found any drugs of any significance. Sharon, you run a jail. How do you feel that somebody that works in a jail, of course not in a jail, but somebody that works in a jail, sees Well, it's a certainly unpleasant thought, and it's kind of shocking that somebody would do that. But uh, remember, they're human beings, that they have their own minds. And for whatever reason, that they've developed some type of relationship, and, and so it, it's startling. But you know, their humans make mistakes. Sir, how many law enforcement did the damage? Uh, maybe three at most, and that's a small price to pay to stop a murderer. Uh, just one had a, uh, a a slight head injury from banging his head inside the vehicle, but he's okay now. What's that? Well, I, I have no idea. If we could have had one from our agency, they could have stolen some, they could have bought some, and that's where we're going to piece all together. If you want to look, here's the picture of the, the vehicle. Here's her, his and hers vehicle here. And, and this was a ditch that really nobody knew, including the suspects. But this ditch actually helped us in the pursuit. Because as they forcefully rammed the vehicle, turned over on its side, and that disrupted his plan to try to have a shootout with law enforcement. And he even made that statement. I want to ask, this has been a whirlwind couple of days for local law enforcement here in Evansville. Uh, I know things like this don't happen very often. Right. Can you speak to that, just kind of what is this like for you, your department, as well as maybe the civilian here, the members of the local department, and maybe the collaboration between everyone here? Well, yeah, in law like in Posey County where a deputy was shot in the head. You can be in New York City. You can be in Evansville, Indiana. 
Crime's everywhere. Unexpected crime, violent crime is everywhere. So we never go to work thinking we're not going to encounter an unusual or serious situation. I said our task force members routinely go out and arrest violent felons, murderers, and they get shot at, and they get attacked, and they get resisted. We get involved in pursuits. We're in a very dangerous occupation. And Evansville, Indiana is a fairly large community. I think people forget that. We're 180,000 people, and we're a hub of a very large demographic area, so we serve a population base of over 350,000 people. And it's conducive for criminal activity. And we had to prepare for that every single day. Sheriff, do you know anything about the provenance of any of those weapons? Is it possible that any of them were part of her <laughs> service as a corrections officer? It could be, but right now uh, we will continue our investigation, but that's the least of my worries at this time. But we will try to find an origin for each and every one of these weapons. And during this cooperative uh, interview last night, did he say anything along the lines of who planned this and how much planning went Yeah, but I'm not going to get into the interview with the detectives. What about the money? Where did the money come from? Do we know that? Well, she supposedly maybe sold a home before she left town and got a large sum of money from that. Was it what? Any uh, I, I think she may have had a little bit of communication with our dispatch, possibly. I wasn't aware of it 100%, but I think she may have been talking to uh, our dispatch. Was there is that a uh, police-ordered uh, taser there in that photo? That's from her duty belt. This is her duty belt she wore as a confinement officer, correction officer in her home state of Alabama. Sure? She just took that with her when she left. And were those in the hotel room or the car? In the car? In the car. They were in the vehicle. Hey, Sheriff, uh, after you guys did the initial video uh, at the car wash, what was the indication and how did you guys figure out that they were still making it scary? Well, it was, just, it was a long, drawn-out process, like the police chief said. It's just bits and pieces of information kept coming in and tying things together. And it wasn't until over the weekend where it looked like more of a possibility that they had been here for sure. And, and once again, after six days, it was just hard to believe they were here. I, I wouldn't think somebody on the run would stay in a community like Evansville for six days. But we brought the resources in and continued our investigation based on the information we had. No, he's just in a holding area. Well, I mean, we don't have any reason to believe that right now. But once again, we're less than 24 hours in this investigation. We have a lot more of the puzzle put together. Well, so how many days was, was it for maintenance at the hotel? Just yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. A very short window of time. He had a couple bumps and bruises from the crash. I haven't seen the video, but Casey White was at the scene, so you got that for sure. Also, can you get JPEGs of those posters so you can actually have a visual version of that that you're showing us? Possibly, yeah. Sheriff, what was the approximate amount of time after the crash that I think you saw her 
I think it was almost instantaneously. Before our deputies and task force members got to the vehicle, she shot herself. Yeah, I got it written down. Uh, Motel 41. Yes, by less than a mile south of here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I apologize. To the, to the left. I'm sorry. Oh, was that an F-153 purchase? She had bought that vehicle. Yes. I don't know where she, she may have bought it in the state of Tennessee. I'm not sure. But did, did she die? Did she purchase it ahead of the escape? Like <clears throat> no, I think after. Right, the marshal said that car was actually purchased by Casey White for six thousand dollars in Tennessee, the same day they escaped. Is that yeah. not accurate? That's probably accurate. Yeah. Okay, Everybody okay with that? And I know you've asked a lot of questions, and as the sheriff, I think they're good media-related questions, but we're trying to take dangerous people off the street, and so a lot of the where they bought the car and where they did this and that is a minor concern versus us getting them off the street and making our community safe. Now, this investigation will go on <clears throat> maybe for weeks, and we will uncover things in the future that we don't have at this time. Uh, but like you say, we're, we're less than 24 hours from the time that we were involved in pursuit and a serious crash and somebody losing their life. Sir, which agencies are involved in the investigation at this point? Several. Uh, we have the United States Marshal, the Indiana State Police, the Evansville Police Department, the Vanderbilt County Sheriff's Office, many members of law enforcement from Alabama, Mississippi, some members of the FBI, and, and probably agencies in between. So there's plenty of agencies involved. I'm not understanding your question. As someone involved in law enforcement, Vicki uh, White has been a 17-year long yeah. correction officer. Presumably, that had something to do with why it took so long, over a week, 11 days, for this to come to an end. I'm asking, would her expertise have contributed and how? No, uh, that has absolutely no merit to what went on. Zero. Anybody else need comment? Anybody have anything you want to say? Or anybody have any questions of the other law enforcement leaders here? Sheriff, is it possible to see the vehicle? To what? 
to, to no, not to see the vehicle in person, no. What's that? I don't know if we do. If, if, if we do, we can we can maybe release that. That's not a big deal. It's a wig, a standard wig. This? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You guys want to take those over there? Sheriff, I know it's a weird question. Was it a black wig, long, short? What was she wearing? She was I think blonde. there was multiple wigs, kind of like maybe reddish and blonde. Yeah, you wouldn't look good in it. <laughs> Well, we thank you. If anybody needs any other questions from anybody, everybody will be mingling around for a while. And once again, keep in mind, less than 24 hours, there's a lot of questions that won't be answered until we have a much deeper investigation, get all of our notes and material together, and we also have privileged information that we can't share. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sheriff. Thanks. You all right? That was the That was the Indi We were listening to the Indiana Sheriff in Evanston, Indiana, Vandenberg County. Speaking about the big event yesterday with the former Alabama Corrections Officer Vicki White, who shot, apparently, allegedly shot herself in the head and killed herself in a hot pursuit with the task force, the fugitive task force, and Casey White was in the passenger seat. She was driving. The coroner's report is not available. The autopsy starts five around 5 p.m. Today, Tuesday, May the 10th, Eastern Standard Time in Indiana, Vandenberg County, and the report will be available when they make it available. Thank you for listening.